Blog Talk Radio. You're at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations or websites are not responsible for what guests, hosts, or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. on the planet we're happy to have you aboard and without you listening audience we wouldn't have anything to do today and it is a wonderful day on the planet according to linear timelines and what we call time because we have a place here in space where people like to hang out on our blue marble on earth we call it time space and gravity fifth dimension type thing but really they say the fourth dimension is time and space but you know we really don't know much of anything so today we're going to talk about cloning chats of people in cyberspace culture because we are the cyberspace culture club today on the tj mars american radio tj mars et radio brand uh, channel and i do this and have done this for nine years since 2012 we came out with the ascension age and presenting all things ascension which dealt a lot with paranormal desk in the intelligence community and we are information intelligence open source we are cyberspace evangelists for those wanting to help us as long as you've got a phone and a computer you can join us so we hope you guys will have uh, a place in space in our cyberspace culture club you can be yourself or somebody else uh, catfishing has gotten to be a term I'm not really familiar with other than here in the south we go catfishing but you stick your hand in a hole and you pull out a catfish so I don't know if that's where the term came from but uh, Melinda T Amico of the uh, New Jersey New York area has been a publicist for many years, party planner, helper with other companies in the New Jersey, New York area. And she's like half my age. She could be my daughter, but uh, I've asked her to help me today uh, form this club, a cyberspace culture community. And this is our third week doing so. And every week is different. And so is social media. But uh, most of you will know that in cyberspace community or cyberspace culture, we have the Internet. And on the Internet highway out there where everybody runs the roads in cyberspace on the waves, radio waves, out Internet waves. And some of you may know that while you're using your phone, you're either using uh, the towers running around or the old way with AT&T, the copper lines. And some of us use both, especially if we have the Internet into our buildings, like I have an AT&T copper line, but 
I'm not using that right now because I'm using the AT&T phone, which is I bought from Samsung, and using that to chime in to you guys today. But at the same time, I'm using Mediacom, which provides me with the Internet. So there's a lot to know out there in cyberspace culture. So Melinda T. D. Amico is a woman that is on LinkedIn, and she's running her own business like I am from home. So I thought on Wednesdays, because for nine years I worked with a lady out of Hawaii, Janet Carolesson, who was on a hiatus from radio entirely due to all the politics that she encountered in social media, which sort of turned her off during the political days of uh, forming who was going to be president of the United States, which has really changed my outlook on radio because I thought we were like friends forever, best friends forever. So having this lady, I don't know if this is Melinda T. D'Amico or Melinda T. Claire or not, which she'll find hilarious because I've never met her, but she sent me a couple of pictures of her. And she's gotten to know a friend of mine in the uh, cyberspace industry, but I say it's her friend now because he's calling her now, Harry Dames of L.A., that was helping us in what's called branding, who we are in cyberspace culture. So she's learning how to brand herself with a whole new company because she's separated from her other company up there in New York and New Jersey, which I find most interesting, but she's reinventing herself to have her own group of people that she can party plan when we get over this COVID-19. But in the meantime, she's feng shuiing her house for she and her husband that are half my age, but she's the next up and coming radio queen or says she wants to be anyway. And so we're going to have her help us on Wednesdays and see how long she can run with help us, helping us create Cyberspace Culture Club. So I'm going to bring on Melinda T. D'Amico of New Jersey, New York area, the East Coast. How are you today? I'm great, Teresa. How are you doing? I'm good down here in the south. We've got yucky weather because, you know, we had the hurricane hit and destroyed some people's homes and we lost some people so condolences to everybody in the south yeah the and there, there might be another mm-hmm. one hitting tonight in um yeah. louisiana uh-huh. north carolina areas all those other areas so mm-hmm. we're, I, I think it's mm-hmm. the hurricane season and that's part of why you know these things happen Yeah, I'm in Gulf Breeze, folks, uh, in the panhandle. If you look at the state of Florida, if you go down to the bottom tip and come up, I'm way up over in the left-hand corner of the north, okay? So all the way over to almost Mobile, Alabama. I'm where Pensacola is, and there's a three-mile bridge we use to run across over to where I live, and they have a – it's so strange. They call this part of the beach across the water the Pensacola Beach area where all the tourists come. It's very touristy, sort of like downtown Waikiki of Waikiki Beach in Hawaii when it's actually, you know, different towns call it different things. The big city there is Aea. And I lived there for many years, but now I live in Gulf Breeze, and it's the bigger city on this little peninsula because it's three-sided water. 
But now, you now is New Jersey an island, or New York is an island, or what? I know where Staten Island is. That's the island, right? For sure. But are you yeah. on a? You're on the. You're on the main part of New Jersey. Not you're not surrounded by water, are you? Or just one side towards New York? How does how does that work? Like I know. You I, know, I never really that, examined you know, that. Really, I haven't really paid attention. Never paid attention to the water's edge, but something we yeah, may want to no, start no. doing because of the critical climate change we're all in. Yeah, I mean, there's so much thing. happening with climate change. Like uh, you, you've experienced Sandy, you know, and I'm just totally amazed that in this day and age, at 2021, the scientists, all the meteorologists, all these people in TV, could not come up with some backup plan for all these people across the country. And I think that's what's happening now. People are really seeing that, you know, if you're, you turn one way, there's water around you. Long Island, there's water always, always around you, you know. So I think that they should have been a little bit more prepared, especially since we've had Sandy, and they were right on the money with that uh, scenario of what was going to happen, you know, and regions and areas that we affected and the people. I mean, I've never lived in a basement, and I I don't know anything about them, but I just don't think it's a a viable place to live, you know, for for grow up and raise a family. But um, I really feel bad for the people that lost their lives in Queens and all different parts of the country. It's a really, really That's devastating right. in any way you look at it, you know. That's right. So, folks, I know that most of you stay tuned in uh, at least somehow with your news on your phones, smartphones, and your computer internet. But most people do get their news now in this day and time, at least in 2021, after COVID-19 area epidemic going out. They're saying there's another fourth wave coming in. Again, oh. for this winter, but they're also saying it's going to be around because of the uh, origination, but we have go all the way back to SARS and AIDS and Africa and how uh. it began. I know my brother died of AIDS, but now they say they have a pill or something to help the – it's all about the immune system, and it's uh, mm-hmm. they're saying vitamin D really helps. They've had a lot of tests to help people. So everybody do try to get out in the sun if you can, 15 or 20 minutes a day. It's still the best vitamin D you can get. Mm-hmm. And they say 15 to 30 minutes is a recommendation I see here and there. So vitamin D is very good for us. Of course, AE, you know, they say fish oil has it in it. But I recently got me a whole bunch of cans of tuna to survive on during this I guess I'm going to have to live this way, so expect hurricanes and tornadoes where I live. So, folks, it's not something we're proud about, but it's the the era of the epic and time on this particular planet in the big ocean out there we call the universe. And uh, we're in one little Milky Way galaxy. Out in climate, the uh, climate change has to do with it, the impacting the, the weather in, in different regions. Yep, and they've always known about it. They know it rotates every 2,500 years, and we've had this on the planet from all our world religions and our old astronomy. So all the ancient scientific facts, whether they were historical, philosophical, 
our education-wise in the churches and the coming together in communities. We've always kept each other in tribes and local areas. But, you know, folks, we've learned about the world and people. They pretty well will stay close to the ocean because we supplied fish for so many mm-hmm. people. They lived on fish. Most cultures were fishermen. And, you know, even the well, Viking is coming yeah, so we've always been fishermen, uh, people of fish. And, in, uh, you know, in the beginning of the Bible, they say, if you believe that story or not, whether God came down or Jehovah or Michael. Or I do, I do. I mean, it's, someone actually said that statement that you're alluding to right now and said it um, yeah. that maybe it's God coming to take the world because of all the different bad things that's happened. And he's not happy with the way the world is being. And that's his well, way. That's a lesson to keep people in check with themselves. And I believe that story of humanity just in general mm-hmm. has always been threaded throughout all world philosophies and all world religions. Now it's gone into cyberspace culture. We're talking about it here right today. And what is this, September 8th, 2021, and on the other side of the last big movement uh, sweeping the earth, and then hopefully it will go away for a while. But now they're saying we may be like the flu, just comparatively speaking. Some people get the flu and some people don't. So some people got AIDS and some people didn't. Some people will get this uh, pandemic COVID-19, and some people won't. So we just don't know. And now we've got enough tests in class. Uh, a lot of us have taken shots to be part of the future uh, in the test. And uh, we'll see if many of us get better or not. They're saying people that had darker skin didn't get as much vitamin D because melanin in your skin blocks so much of the sun rays and the vitamin D. So mm. uh, white people, though, burn, so they don't even know if white, pure white, albino, you know, white skin, white eyes, or light eyes, and uh, they're really, really white, if they should even be on the planet, but they're born here. So there's, folks, we have extremes, no matter what goes on on the planet. So the trick is, in cyberspace culture in our club is to stay tuned to how we all perceive reality and share in all that we're being barraged with educationally and what's happening in real time. Now, cloning, I have that word up today, Melinda, because I've never mm-hmm. met you. You, I could be talking to a clone of you, but now we also talk universally that we are all cloned anyway in another reality. It's, it's the identical copy of something. Yes, it's like an identical copy is a clone, and we have done it for years in science, and now we can do it. Apparently, they say they can do people, but basically where they're going is with the CRISPR and uh, the way that they're doing humans is taking the best of their DNA, I guess RNA and DNA, and making something for people that they will still impregnate women. I don't think they've totally gotten to the point where they can clone a human, but they're cloning horses and sheep and other animals. But uh, in cyberspace culture, catfish is the opposite 
I would say. But can you look that word up, Melinda? Yes. Catfishing. Sure. Um, That's a part, part cloning. Of it is make an identical copy of, replicate, uh, illegally copy the security codes from a mobile phone to one or more others as a way of obtaining free calls. You can It can be done that way, too. So um, the fact okay. that someone so, just makes something, a, a, you know, replicated, that, that it doesn't stop there. It depends on what, where they are, where they are, how they're using it, and the context. So it can go further and have different meanings, you know. But the main meaning is making an identical copy of that thing, whatever it is. It's a human. It's a human. Wow. So you said something I didn't realize. Phone calls, they consider cloning okay, definition. Okay, it, it said illegally copy the security codes from a mobile phone. Wow. So it's the same way as you copy of something. You're copying it to one or more others as a way of obtaining free calls. Whoa. So people can even take, uh, call in and, well, this is interesting. I've never done a security check on how they do cell phone products or organisms genetically identical to a unit, but how they clone our phone. Are you saying they can clone our phone numbers or appear? No, that's, they can that's just cloning, actual cloning. What you ask, what someone actually can do. Wow. Well, That's not cloning. only humans genetically, uh, the DNA story, but uh, of phones and becoming one electronically in cyberspace culture. So cloning cells and nuclei, eye and eggs, history of cloning. Like how people, um, you know, you you go online to buy something. And they ask you all these different things and passwords and whatnot, and you know you finally get down to it. And if if you're paying attention, and you know you didn't apply before, machines, all these IP addresses, this, that, and the other, all the different names will say you didn't apply, for it, and you ha- you can actually check it. Like you know, if you just see something that looks bizarre, like. You get a mail that you don't know who is it from. So the better thing to do is to delete it. Because if you open it, it might have a virus. So, you know, when, when, when we were coming down to year 2000, everybody was scared about, oh, the computer's going to explode and this and that. And, yeah, there was things to worry about. I think, I think that mankind, scientists, and IT people across the country had it basically in good intention of what to do if something should have happened that time, and nothing did happen. Well, there's a teacher's guide saying you've come a long way, Dolly, but uh, the cloning in focus, and there's a module out there for learning and teaching objectives and strategies for, who would ever think we're teaching this pedagogy, but... Students understand that cloning is not a new science and that there's scientific advantages, not to get too deep, but just the discovery and how we think critically of our social and political behavior 
and the impact of the scientific progress in our current cyberspace culture. Because, folks, we'll talk about how to help you be a better you and Mm -hmm. your self-help courses on how to be a better person in cyberspace weekly and how we can help each other be better at knowing and how do we trust people when we don't see them and we're just hearing their voice. So audio versus video. But now we can't even trust video due to cloning, and they've learned how to make people look and talk. I'm sure many mm-hmm. of you have seen those those uh, videos where they have the president, Bob Obama, or even Trump, oh. or any of them, Clinton, oh. where they say they're singing or oh. saying things. I don't know who's words. the master of that creation. <laughs> I can cry when I see them. See them. It's they funny, are so hysterical. <laughs> Whoever's creating those things, it's going, people love it. It's more like when you finish one, you want to see the next one. Yeah. And it's not only the way the body looks, the president's body, it's the way he's talking and the way um, Nancy Pelosi's carrying on. And then they have an episode with um, Obama's wife, Michelle Obama, and she's the help, and she's screaming, and it's the voice tones. Whoever does that, I mean, I got to get them hands, like, Oscars awards. It's so funny. I've <laughs> never seen anything as funny as those. Well, think about so. it, folks. You know, we don't know who is who anymore. So this no? is a serious this is a serious situation besides the weather, the environment is cyberspace culture is now upon us. It's a real deal. And we have a cyberspace culture club for those that want to help us learn and who to be who to be real, who we're gonna to trust to our lives with weekly in radio as you know, back in nineteen ninety six is when cloning really came into focus when they did a sheep. I think her name mm-hmm. was Dolly. I can't uh, find the name, uh, but yeah, I think in it was um, Edinburgh, Scotland. Scotland. Yeah, do you have something on that? That was when we really started the thinking about cloning. The first clones, clones animal was Dolly, a sheep that was born in 1996 in Edinburgh, Scotland, at okay. the Roslyn Institute under the gun the guidance of. Ian Wilmot and his colleagues. So we've used cloning technology for over, well, let's say, 35 years. Would you say 96 was when it came into real identity? Years. 25. Yeah, we had Wendy's. We had Windows 95, and then we had Dolly yep. the Sheep. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, that was a big and deal. And then in 1998. Scientists in South Korea claim to have successfully cloned a human embryo, but said the experiment was interrupted very early when the clone was just a group of four cells. So that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, now how far... Look and see how far we are. Do they have an update in 2021 on cloning? See if you can go from Dolly to Sheep to say where Dolly is now, or genetic, uh, or say where is cloning in 2021 for bi- cloning biology? update. 
Like an update? Yeah. Yeah, see if it'll pull something up. It's getting harder and harder to Google. It's not as people are complaining. They can't find information like they used to could on Google. Yes, it's true. You look up cloning 2021 update, it's giving you molecular cloning. I didn't ask for that. And I I thought it was me sometimes when I look stuff up. It's just, you know. It's not as good as it used to be. It's not as It used to be straightforward. Whatever you put in the search engine, you got back. Yeah, it's not the same anymore. The first first cloned mammal successfully produced using a cell taken from another animal was Dolly the sheep that was born in 1996. The growing list of species who have been cloned now includes mice, pigs, goats, dogs, cats, horses, mules, and fish. Fewer than 5% of clone embryos usually survive to birth. So where clone animals are born alive, they often have breathing problems, tumors, liver defects, or other abnormalities, and have a reduced lifespan. So, you know, as we've come through time, going from 1996, you know, those are some of the things that has happened. Well, now what about in 2021? Does it say anything about human cloning? Because... Back in 2002, they were complaining that the Koreans had cloned, uh, they claimed at least to have a pregnant woman with a cloned embryo. And that was, uh, they had supporting evidence that rushed to enact a government ban on all human cloning in that country. Okay. In Korea. This is interesting. I typed in human cloning 2021. Yeah. Okay. A fifth, a, a fifth of people went further than robots replacing people, stating that they thought human clothing will be legalized in some countries. Oh, wow. Climate change is on the minds of many, with 75% predicting average global temperatures will increase in 2021. Well, that's the two things we seem to be talking about. I don't know how, but weather is always going to be in the news. So we're going to have cyberspace culture. Apparently, Mm -hmm. it's always going to be on the forefront now, at least in 20, the end of 21 to all 2022. I don't know how long uh, water rising is apparently something going to happen. And a lot of people are telling me I need to move. But where do you move to? Because and if you go into the desert, you don't have any water. I've been up to Tucson. I've driven all over the country in my mm-hmm. country, and I don't have the money to move have to another country. Have you ever been um, affected to. by any of these storms? Oh, yeah. Well, when I was living in Houston, where's the first ones, because we went from Monroe, Louisiana, where I was born. My mother moved us to Houston and when I was 12. And uh, we had, I had younger brothers and sisters, but living through there, I've had, you know, really bad when my kids were little and we lived in a big townhouse on Telephone Road. I remember to this day, you know, taping up the windows and concerned, uh, they, but we only had like 55 to 65 mile an hour winds. So that was 
guys 40 years ago, 45, because my kids are 53 now, 50, and they're 50, so I have four daughters. One died, so I have three daughters left. But uh, mm-hmm. we were discussing how they've been through, you know, just mild hurricanes, but nothing like the one that hit Houston, you know, in the last couple of years. It, my husband, mm-hmm. my, my brother uh, had terrible flooding in his house along the Brazos River because my family lived in uh, the set, well, it's not South Houston. We were in the Southwest towards Sugar Land and Brazoria County. My mother had a home in Pecan Plantation in Richmond uh, towards the, in the early uh, 2000s. But before that, we lived uh, in a brand new subdivision for NASA astronaut kind of people and things. And then my husband worked at NASA. So we lived around Clear Lake and we had to worry about water rising and snakes in that area. A lot of snakes, mm-hmm. a lot of carpet. Oh, here where that I sounds live, really scary. Clean. Yeah. Snakes? And, uh, and the weather? Probably. Oh, goodness. <laughs> That's scary. Well now, well, now you've got – I never thought you guys would have to worry about hurricanes. It was so strange to see New York and well, New you Jersey. Know, New York, hurricanes. in general, they've been seeing this since I was very young. I can't put you know remember when. But no, I've heard it from all these scientists that one day New York was in for one. So whenever that makes the, I mean, we've it already hit New York the other day, Queens, uh, you know, the borough. All right, look huh? at the history. We're going from cloning the weather back and forth, folks. So just hang, hang tight. It's uh, it's the nature. Okay, of the so cloning. Human cloning, science daily. Uh, but I was wondering, genetically, in the mm-hmm. time when we we have to all worry about the weather, but we also need to think about what we're building in cyberspace culture, catfishing and cloning as two key words for today. Human cloning and centers for genetics and societies, whether we're mm-hmm. going to, you know, there's also the Elon Musk AI cloning. Because they're making humans are AI or uh, I see AI and, and uh, artificial yeah. intention. And, yeah, I mean artificial that's what I see as the they look like. Yeah, so it's the human cloning is the creation of a genetically identical copy or clone of a human. The term is generally used to refer to artificial artificial human cloning which is the reproduction of human cells and tissue. It does not refer to the natural conception and delivery of identical twins. The possibility of person cloning has raised controversies. These ethical concerns have prompted several nations to pass laws regarding human cloning, and its legality. Two commonly discussed types of theoretical human cloning are therapeutic cloning and reproductive cloning. So that's, it's it's interesting. Um, The image of what the artificial intelligence looks like they, they look very close to us. Children. And huh? the biotechnology companies, uh, 
in the government, the scientific and medical cloning uh, children with DNA fragments, molecular cloning, and there was something about the Raelian movie movement. What is that? R a e l i a n Raelian movement was that R a e l Raelian Raelian movement? What is that? I saw that here in a government. Uh, research paper I'm reading. This is Raelian movement. It's um... Raelian. Is it about cloning or being human or what is that about? Uh, how do you spell it? R a e l i a n movement. Raelian movement. Here it is. Let me see. Where'd it go? Every time I want to see it, it dashes from in front of my eyes. Yes, the uh, International Raelian Movement. What is that? Has that got something to do That's with cloning? what it is. Um, it's a... Raelian is a UFO organ, religion that is founded in the 1970s. France by Claude Vorhan, now known as Raelian. So it's a majority centered in Francophone areas of Western Europe and North America, as well as in parts of East Asia. Criticism of the movement has some form from journalists, ex-Raelians, and the anti-cult movement. While it has also undergone study by scholars of religion. Well, what's that got to do with cloning? I was looking at this government saying a document before some honorable Weldon in Florida, but I'm reading it now. I can't find the word, but I saw something about the Raelian movement. It's the second paper I've seen on cloning that has something to do where they mentioned the Raelian movement. Did these people believe they could clone themselves and travel, or did they believe UFOs were of cloning? Well, they believed the in the UFOs. Hold on, I'll tell you. This it's a UFO stuff. religion founded in 1974 that was founded in, in the 1970 in France by Claude Vorhillian, I guess the Vorhillian, who that's the person named after, known as Rahel, R-A-E-L, and two little dots on the top of the E. Scholars of religion oh. classify Rahelism as new religious movements. Well, what is it? Do they believe in cloning or something? I, I don't get wh- how it goes in the genetic uh, cloning of humans. How is it? I, I'm trying to find it, but I saw—I swear I saw it linked. Okay, the beliefs and practices are the concepts and principles of realism. A new religious movement and UFO religion founded in 1974 by Claude Verhulian, a former French auto racing journalist, who changed his name to Rahel. The followers of international Rahelian believe in advanced species of extraterrestrial aliens called Olohim, who created life on Earth. Rahelians are individuals who believe in... Hold on. Oh, they're called Rahelians after he adopted some name. It's not his... Given Christian, our well, he changed name his is, name is became Rahel, you know, R A E L. Elohim, 
Well, L gods were like Superman, and uh, all the L gods came, and they were in the old world religions. E L, you know, meant E L was another word for a god. You know, like Egyptian pyramid so they, gods. Rahel's beliefs and practices are the concepts in the prism of Hellism. New religious and UFO religion founded by Rohelian. And basically the followers of the international movement believe in an advanced species of extraterrestrial aliens called Elohim who created life on earth. The Rohelians are evangel individualists who believe in sexual self-determination. As advocates of the universal ethic and world peace, they believe the world could be better if geniuses had an exclusive right to govern in what Rahel terms genicracy. As believers of life in outer space, they hope that human scientists will follow the path of Elohim by achieving space travel through the cosmos and creating life on other planets. As believers in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, through a scientific cloning process, which includes Ah, memory transfer by Elohim, they encourage scientific research to extend life through cloning. Ah, That's a lot. But see, that's how I kept seeing that word, and I didn't know how to put it in together with cloning. So you just read it. You see, that's a mm-hmm. belief system in geniuses and science and space faring people. And, you know, the I guess they think only I want, I wonder how many people in, um, you know, believe in this thing. Well, apparently that's a whole world religion of, uh, read it again, the part, the last paragraph. You said they believe right, in cloning. On. So read that part, because that's what today's show is on, cloning. So we already have a world religion about cloning people in space, which goes with my extraterrestrial radio show. Not that I'm alien. I've never even heard of it before, except maybe on a YouTube once. I think I saw him on a news, you know, I watched Dateline or uh, 2020, and I remember mm-hmm. seeing something about this guy that changed his name and had a lot of followers and lived mm-hmm. on the island or something. And I think that's who that you're talking about. But I saw the word in uh, when I was looking up cloning government info. I always go to the government first because I believe in us as intelligence officers and intelligence gatherers to go to finding a fact because when I was – compiling investigations, I always had to stick with the facts. So I'll always go to the government first for finding of facts, right, out of Washington, U.S. government printing office, and uh, the history in the archives. I also like to cross-check everything out there if you can cite the source, because I have ACL Press Club. But I haven't researched this today, folks. This just 
hit me because I was watching a TV show before Melinda. I said, what are we going to talk? It's just me and Melinda. And last week we had Harry Dames come on to help us with cyberspace culture, but he had to leave early. So I was hoping he'd come back sometime, but we couldn't get in contact with him. But this week, uh, I just came up with this word, and uh, Melinda didn't know till the, she got on the show that I was going to talk about cloning as it, in every respect, whatever it means, from Dolly the Sheep to who we are today. And now this re- world religion of the El Gods. Now, the Elohim, uh, and Melinda calls it Elohim. I guess it just depends on how you read it. But uh, they were gods from other places Mm -hmm. in space. And the El gods, even the one of the Abrahamic faiths, which is Christian, Muslims, and Jews, and that would include Catholics, they all believed all the stories that we've heard growing up about God and Abraham's God and going through the uh, land and and it was desert. And they warred and they fought. Those were the Elohim gods. But also now they were of An, A-N, which was the name of one of the gods, An. And he had Anu, or the people of the uh, planet. And then the key meant sky. And so they would say people from the heavens came or the skies came. And that's why now all on cyberspace culture, if you listen to radio, RC television shows, they talk about the Anunnaki, which are those from the heavens came. And then Zachariah Sitchin made it very, very popular in his books in the 12th planet. But they talk about all of these people from out there in space. And so many people, all the world religions, including those from even the Hindus, All the oldest world religions, and you can look this up, folks, because I've studied it in depth. They're all from other places in space. Every world religion is about those from the heavens are from another place in space. So they all come down to making us, maybe we're all clones of this RNA, DNA, molecular structure, which all fascinating information. It's just, you know, hearing the stuff on the news and on these documentaries, you know, the things that they find of these people or to prove that they're extraterrestrial, but mankind somehow still refuses to agree, right? Well, we come from somewhere out there is most world religions. Now, when it comes to fighting wars on the planet, they had to uh, fight over the wars of the land. And where the Abrahamic faiths come from, one God that took certain people and told Moses, everybody knows the story. We, We trace it back to Egypt. And before that, actually, we've all traced our lineage to uh, a place we called Atlantis due to the historians in the Greek stories. But depending, if you follow the Greek, Latin, and Hebrew stories and the languages that moved forth with the Catholic Church and the prince and kings of the land that owned the land over in Europe – So we're called Europeans in a way that our forefathers came from Europe, and now we're doing DNA and ancestry, 
and looking back to see how many 15 or more generations, and now people say they can trace themselves back to Jesus and God due to their uh, study of whether they are Jewish or not. But all religions go back to a God from the Jews, uh, Mm -hmm. including Abraham and Moses. They were all over there. But before that, they didn't want us to know about the Iraqis and Iran, that they had people there, or the Hindus in India and China, but there were people there. And those people from the heavens came, and some of them were tall, red-haired Chinese giants, and they had white skin, red hair, but Chinese-like features, and uh, they found giants. And so there are stories of the angels and the Elohim and the angelic realms that came from space. So that's how many of us get the God stories versus the angel stories. And then in myths and religions, we have the different gods of Zeus and, oh God, every kind of God you can imagine, depending on what language they were written in, the name change. But this cloning is how they created man. Now, maybe they took RNA and DNA because we have these chains of who we are, and we can do it again. So they're saying that many of these worlds cloned us here, and that some of the most uh, high gods that got together, we got where we started not calling everybody gods, but we... uh, in the day of Constantine, when he saw a miraculous, they were warring, and it wasn't until Constantine saw a cross in the sky that the cross got to be so apparent, and they wore it in war as he saw it as a sign from Jesus or how he became a Christian. And so many of us nowadays don't even know where it all comes from, truthfully. But Constantine and Constantinople, I remember one of my teachers telling me they're not supposed to teach us that. But she said, just always remember Constantinople, and it'll lead you back to the truth. So I'm just telling you, that's what I was taught by a teacher once. If you study all the way back to Constantine and Constantinople and then how all that came to be. But now all the world religions all lead back to cloning, apparently. And these Raelian superficial people that believe, I guess they're sort of uh, above others because of the way they've joined money together and lived together. Apparently, they've got a lot of rich people giving them money. Now, doesn't it say the Raelian people have like their own island or something, that guy, Rael? Because that's not his real name. I remember watching the documentary. But uh, people get together, even here in cyberspace culture, where Melinda and I are meeting. Now, we've never met, which is funny, but we'll talk about a lot of topics that are brought up in cyberspace culture because a lot of us aren't in school anymore. And uh, I loved going to school and teaching, and Melinda was an actual school teacher. (laughs) And so we're teaming up to help create a whole new reality to help you guys understand what all is being created out there that is sort of untouchable. It's like knowledge that you get, and where do we keep it? We keep it in database packets in cyberspace, and some of us pay for that. So what do you think if a woman 
carries a baby for nine months and has a baby, and somebody wants to say they cloned someone, is, would you call it the same? No, because uh, first exactly. of all, they're not keeping it in a, in a womb. Uh, so what they say in the world religions that I've studied is you have to be born of the womb, which is the two pillars that you come out of. The bones, our leg bones, are the pillars. And so they're, everything takes on a ritualistic meaning. But mm-hmm. my children were born of the womb, and I was. So here is the snag with the people in Google and out in uh, Apple, Microsoft, all the people out in Silicon Valley that want to go towards AI, including me, because I believe in cyberspace culture and where we're going in science. But we can't just study science if we believe in our humanity. Because humanity has to be born of the womb, and this is a controversial topic now, you know, with a lot of people, including the judges of the world, all cultures, they don't like it about the religions because that is how they control the populace based on their location, location, location in the world. So depending on what culture country you were born in are brought to through a womb, meaning if you're human, <laughs> you weren't cloned, mm-hmm. you were right. born to a woman, you need to prove that to yourself. You know, how do you prove that if you weren't there? So we hope that you go back and learn how to be conscious, awake and aware that in cyberspace culture, We now want to separate those that were born of the womb. And we're asking, maybe you don't believe in world culture or world religions anymore because many people do not because we've gone so scientifically. But I believe in spiritual science. Ergo, we're under spirituality today, and I'm usually under spirituality or paranormal topics because that's what I'm known for with T.J. Mars ET Radio. But as extraterrestrial radio, meaning cyberspace culture out there in the radio waves, there are people you'll be hearing, but they may not be real. And even with some of my videos I've made, my girlfriend Janet out in Hawaii said, that doesn't sound real. She doesn't like a certain voice. It'll have a computer sound to it. But you know now, I would hit a button, and it would instantly, whatever I wrote, Melinda, it could mm-hmm. take on a voice. Uh, the software, whether it was a woman or a man, I got to choose English, Australian, American English. And the, uh, because folks, we've adopted around the world that American English is the business language. And we would like to say it's because most of our people that started our cyberspace culture with our community as internet evangelists all spoke English. But also around the world, when we went around after World War II and helped all these countries build up their countries, we spoke English, and they love America, and they loved our movies, and they want to speak American, and they believe in the American dream, much more so than we do living here, because we don't see our reality in cyberspace culture as being privileged or American, our people, whether it doesn't matter what color their skin is, how much melanin, you know, or how much they're out in the sun. What matters is where they were born. So it doesn't matter in space or in cyberspace culture or on the Internet 
are in the world, if you're an American, you are privileged, believe it or not. And the reason is we have freedom here, the First Amendment. We have the Constitution of the United States of America and the best political structure. Uh, Americans have uh, democracy and we're a republic. And I guess that's why we have Republicans and Democrats, because it's said that, you know, we have different ways to govern. But the way that they set up the old people that came, they set it up based on the way they saw the future. But I don't think they could foresee that we were going to have a future that included cyberspace, Internet, and cloning people to be robots. And do you know they're saying that the robots will take over Maybe not in my yes. lifetime because I'm already 70 this year. But by the time oh, I'm 90 I... to 100, they will be. 2035 is said the AIs, and they're already in China and Japan waiting on people. So they're going to have robots, and some of them are going to look like people because they already have some in sex, of course. Yes, they become like a dominant uh, force on Earth. Um, is hypothetical. Look up that one. Uh, look it up. It's the the, the robot takeover? that got married. No, there's a robot, a clone. The robot takeover. Clone. It got married and became a. There's one that became a citizen, and one got married in Japan to a man. He married a robot. They're wow. clones. <laughs> Yeah. So in a country on this planet, I'm not making this Videos of robots take over Earth. Well, they say could robots take over? Uh, Every day more and more robots are designed to help make everyday lives easier. Could they be the next intelligent? Yeah, they can be. I see what they look like. AI got married. And uh, I'll put that in. But then the AI that became a citizen in another country. So let's see, Miguel there. Yes, we're married by an AI. Chris, noisy medium. Oh, yeah. Um, here it is. With some public figures, Stephen, Haw- Stephen Hawking and Elon Musk have advocated research into precautionary measuresto to un- ensure future super-intelligent machines. Well, it's, it's, I, I think they will take over. I don't know I when. This is a graduate of Saijing University. I don't know if I'm saying that right. And uh, his name is Zing. It's J-I-A-J-I-A. And I don't know if they say like H is J in Spanish. I should know, but I don't. Ying Ying is a robot. He married. He's 31 old and married a beautiful young woman named Ying Ying. He built in his apartment. So he built mm-hmm. this woman, and she's got skin. She and he married her. So it says uh, in a few words, her husband is her designer, and he is very uh, well. He has every intention of grading her, upgrading her as technology comes in. So the first agenda is to teach her to walk and to get her to do some chores around the house. Now, there's a guy called Dave Cat married a real doll, a silicone anatomically correct female doll. Another man married a mannequin's head, and he pushed around town in a wheelchair. Oh, my God. Fighting for her right to marry a robot. Now, 
Why would anyone marry a robot? Pushing him to find a wife, an epidemic of loneliness. Robot wives are for sale now. Oh, my gosh. Have we gone too far, folks, in cloning? Uh, Rick Ma, Ricky Ma, invested $50,000 in 18 months of his work uh, to uh, have a lifelike existing Scarlett Johansson. That's a lot of weird, kinky stuff going on. But he's, it says <laughs> Ma's looking for investors because he thinks he can sell these things. But uh, writer David Levy is convinced that it's legal, it will be legal to marry robots by 2050 because of homosexual marriages. He argues crazy in really? the of 35 years. Yeah, the attitudes change over time. And they will about robots. So it's predicted that not only can homosexuals marry, but robots can marry. And they can have sex, same sex, or sex with a robot. And that uh, you can listen to albums in a home. It says when you're at home, you can listen to Beethoven's Ninth Symphony if it's good enough. And once or twice a year, you'll want to go to the Royal Albert Hall. What? Browsing. Oh, that's not. That doesn't even make sense to me. But I guess they're going to teach them. It's part of this robot thing, but that doesn't make sense. I think what they're going with is the intelligence to read a book and to listen to music and tell the difference. So they've got a long way to go. But, you know, Ray Kurzweil was the AI genius. I remember when he was on Ed Sullivan's show when I was a child. I remember that guy that played Goff, the black guy in, in, on Ed Sullivan's show, too, the little boy. But now they're grown. And Ray Kurzweil, uh, I'll look him up, but he was Ray Kurzweil. Okay, it's uh, predict singularity. Uh, Ray Kurzweil, uh, he was famous for singularity, where humans transcend biology. So it says the singularity, singularity is near. When Humans Transcend Biology is a 2005 nonfiction book about artificial intelligence and the future of humanity by inventor and futurist Ray Kurzweil. That's K-U-R-Z-W-E-I-L. And we used to watch him when he talked about computers when I was a little kid. And these people were just geniuses, and they would go on Ed Sullivan including, like I said, the black guy that was just a little kid that's so famous in Florida for playing golf. You know who I'm talking about, don't you, Melinda? I can't think of his name. I think so. Describe him. He was a young, good-looking black man that was famous by the time he was a little boy on Ed Sullivan's show, my age, you know, back in the day. And he's very famous now. Black golfer in Florida, very famous. Uh, well, maybe I can put in black famous golfer. Let me see. Black famous golfer, uh, golfer on Ed Sullivan. He was a little boy. Black famous golfers. I'll just put black famous golfers. Look for his picture. God, Tiger Woods. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Tiger Woods was on Ed Sullivan, folks. But see, I remember it's that not, stuff. Uh, Lee Elder, right? What? 
Lee Elder. Oh, Lee No, I'm talking about Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods was a little boy on Ed Sullivan. Yeah, Lee Elder's famous too. So is Charlie Self and Calvin Pill. Uh, lots of black, you know, Cheyenne Woods, a beautiful girl, is famous female golfer, Cheyenne Woods. But Tiger Woods, American professional golfer, he uh, tied the PGA Tour. So yeah. he's widely regarded. He's one of the greatest golfers in the world, or always was. I don't know what he's doing now. But yeah, he's he's up it. there though. He's up there. He's got Even the, though he had his, his uh, situation with his uh, car crash. But they were going to make a Tiger Woods black AI, you know, famous legend uh, clone, Tiger Woods clone, Genesis invitation, uh, Tiger Woods clone. Uh, who else do they like? Uh, oh, the other black guy that's so famous. He was in Men in Black. What's his name? Um, Not, um, oh, I guess I'm not Charlie Sifford. Black men. No, Men M I B. Let's see. Calvin Pete. Yeah. No, it's Men in Black. Uh, I gotta get you up on good-looking men, men in black, men, black men, <laughs> men in black. Okay, hold um, on. His name was Smith, Will Smith. Yeah, I've got to make you my wing woman or my co-host, where you know what I'm gonna think and mm-hmm. how, how. But it's, um, it's Will Smith. Will Smith. But yeah, so would you make a Tiger Woods or a Will Smith clone if you had a choice? That would be a question in cloning AI <laughs> robots. Really I don't know. Um, Tiger Woods or Will Smith. And uh, Tommy Lee Jones is the white man in that. I don't know because he always had acne scars on his face. But he's a really good actor and from Texas. Uh, I liked him too. Tommy Lee Jones was one of my favorite. But I love, love them in Men in Black. So I mm-hmm. hope they come out with a new one, you know, a new Men in Black. But Cloning. Now, uh, let's go into movies since we've gone over to movie stars that may become clones. So, folks, you got to think of who would you rather see cloning the next black man? If you could buy one, who would your partner be? They're using this woman, Scarlett Johansson, king robot that looks like Scarlett Johansson. I don't even know who that is. Do you know who Scarlett Johansson is? He's an actor. <laughs> Well, why are they choosing her? He's a big-time actor. Well, there's already a new Scarlett Johansson robot that he's married. And she looks like, I wonder how Scarlett Johansson feels about being cloned. You know what I'm saying? Gosh. Yeah, I mean, I don't don't think I would be careful. I wouldn't like that, you know. (laughs) <laughs> married to a man. They do okay, a lot of things when you're in uh, the big world, you know, you can't say nothing. She was born in New York City. Her mother is Mel- Melanie Sloan, is from a Jewish family from the Bronx, and her father, Karsten Johannesson, is a Danish-born architect from Copenhagen. She has a sister, Vanessa Johannesson, who is also an actress. A brother, Adrian. So, Johansson, yeah. So, uh, Scarlett Johansson's only five three, but she is a New York-born Manhattan girl. But he cloned her. This Japanese engineer cloned her. 
So he's married to her, you know, at least her lookalike as a child. Oh, it says, hey, Ma is just the latest Chinese inventor to make great strides in robotics in China. That happens to look suspiciously like Iron Man, but this one is Scarlett Johansson. That's, that's, that's outrageous. I mean, they're doing that right now as we speak. Oh, no, this she's already built. This guy, it says a 42-year-old Hong Kong man has built his life dream by building him a robot from scratch that looks like Scarlett Johansson. He wanted, and she's tiny. She's 5'3", you know, she's little. But it's his wife now. It took him. He bought his own Johansson for fifty thousand dollars. He's an engineer, and so he, you know, he, he bought a, a, a robot like a human being to be his wife. Yeah, he he made a seventy percent three D printed skeleton, and he's got the silicone skin on her on her body. So it's called NetEase. It's named. Uh, let's see. It's actually. Mark one and Ma refused to say what famous actor he is as a model, but they all know it's it's uh, his childhood favorite was it looks like her, Charlotte Johansson. So it's big talk over there in Hong Kong, and they put the skeleton. They got the ribs. They make like a real human body, and they clone the body, and they put this silicone skin over it, and it's lifelike, and they. Clone it with a computer inside, like Alexa, and mm-hmm. so it can think and talk. And it, he's programming her to answer certain things, so she'll be more lifelike for him. And they can make love and all that kind of stuff. So that's pretty interesting that we've gotten that far. I never, I never, in my wildest <laughs> dreams think that 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 could happen. Yeah, but yeah. you know, it's it's. It's amazing well, what technology can do and the imagination that people have, you know, and the creativity, you know, the, it goes beyond, you know. Well, they've got the money, and he's an engineer. He's a computer engineer. You know, he lives in Hong Kong, and they do What do you of think stuff, of somebody you know? like that? Well, it's part of the future. It doesn't matter what I think. It's already here. That's the thing yeah. about humans. It doesn't matter what we think. Because no, it doesn't matter what we it, think. It, we like to think it matters when we vote, but is that a lie? Are we lying to ourselves? Because even if each of our votes that the political people, the people in politics, want to think our vote is important, at least in our country, and our other countries want to qualify themselves, they want to tell us or program us that our leaders were were voted on, but as we're starting to see people around the world taking to the streets, uh, that they're not necessarily voting in the people that run their countries. So, and we've recently seen us pull out of Afghanistan, right, or Afghanistan, however they want to say it, because we can't make people change historically. And it was men. Men were dominant. They were stronger than women. And men, through all the old cultures of power and religions, told women that God said they had to cover themselves and make up these world religions. And the women fell for it and became subservient, mainly because while you're pregnant and you're feeling like crap having babies, you don't feel like going out and tending to the gathering of the 
wheat, you know, and the men would have to go out and raise the uh, kill meat and beef, you know, the tribes of Indian women, you know, but women were still considered the medicine women and the women with the smarts that told the men what to do. So I don't know how all this is going to come out of the war Mm -hmm. of the worlds and the war of the sexes. But from what I can see from the world I grew up in, now folks, I was 5'11", and I weighed 176 bone naked like hardly any fat on me. So 5'11", 176 was my skinny mini teenage life. So, of course, I became a model, and they, you know, they won me at 125, which was ridiculous. But in the military, at age 33, I went back in. They wanted you to be 50 pounds lighter than you were? Well, yeah, that's ridiculous. But That's ridiculous. I I mean, what, they want you to be like zero pounds? (laughs) Well, yeah, you have to be a size four, five, or six. Well, you know that. You live in New York, but I was Yes, I know that. Model. Oh, yes. Do I know? But I I was tall and skinny, and all my children were, and they all became models. But you models. a lot taller than I am. So you well, had yeah, a lot of, I mean, they were just being ridiculous. I mean, I, well, I, I'm only five foot three, maybe three and a half the most, okay? That's it. Well, they and with heels, I might. I will look taller because I do have legs. Yeah. So people always swear to me, "You're taller than you are when I'm wearing heels." Yes, when I go somewhere, I do wear heels. So, but they wanted you to be 50 pounds. Oh, that's crazy! That's crazy. Well, think about. All right, who was the most beautiful actress, model, spokesperson with a uh, known name in the world? is supermodel and now she's a spokesperson on America's Got Talent. She's also black, so it must be a very promotion of, of dark skinned women or just people in general because that's who I've talked about today and I never realized that before about me. But mm-hmm. Melinda is a woman of color, not much. She's not light and she's not dark. She's medium, but color of the skin, what is this beautiful woman? Uh the most famous She's uh oh is she on Dancing with the Stars? She went from America's Got Talent. Uh Dancing with the Stars. There's her picture. Oh, she comes up. What is her name? She's the most famous, beautiful woman in the world, as far as I'm concerned. Let's see. If I had to be somebody, this is who I'd want to be. Uh the famous person in the world. What is her name? You know who I'm talking about now? I can't think of it. Hold on. The most I, famous I, oh, oh, I know. Um, Tara Banks? Yes. Perfect skin. Oh, I think she's gorgeous. She's got I think she's gorgeous. I love her. I think she's very color. eccentric. Um, it's one of words to describe her. I love her style. It's that always... She puts on her oh, hair and she so puts beautiful. on a different thing. You won't recognize her if she walks down the I street. Love I love the way she I puts herself her together. Yes. If I could be anybody else, folks, who would you clone as? I would clone as Tara Banks. Let me know. Who would you clone as? I would clone as Tara I have Banks. No I have no idea. I have no Come idea. I have no idea. Somebody. I would want to no, be Tara you know, Banks. I don't. 
I can't think you, of anyone now. I have to leave that for another time. You don't want to be time. Scarlett Johansson. You don't want to be but Scarlett Johansson. But I think she's, Johansson. she's, she's stunning. Tyra Banks, I think, and she speaks beautiful. She's just graceful, you know? Yeah, if I could be anybody. I can't put world, her as a young really Oprah because they're two different people, but she does speak beautifully. She's beautiful. She's voluptuous. She's got smizing eyes, meaning she talks the word smizing to the world for smiling with her eyes. But she is the most beautiful woman in the world, according to Teresa J. Thurmond Morris, TJ Marcy T Radio. So I'd like to know who you think is the most beautiful woman in the world. But I, I'm big, and I like big women. So she's not big, but she looks big compared to women that are models now. But I love her thighs in that purple dress she's advertising now. But who would you be if you could get cloned? But I, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't I know. I her body. Because huh? she looks like she could be a superwoman, too. She looks like she could be a superhero. For Stan oh, yeah, she, she keeps herself very well. She's 5'10". Yeah. But she is perfect. She has some tall legs. I'm, I'm quite the opposite of her. I'm short. I love, I love who she is, and she is the perfect package for me. Now, as a man, I don't know. I know the voice I would want. I, I like the guy that played God, again, a black man, uh, Earl Jones. What's his oh, name? Oh, I love him. Yes, I love his voice. I met him at Bell Atlantic Yellow Pages. Oh, uh, he, he, everybody was going crazy. Yes, uh, Earl, Earl Jones, Jones, yes. But what's his first name? Is it James? James what's Earl Jones. Name? Okay, so if we could do a clone man it would have james earl jones and he played the father darth vader i'm your luke i'm your father right the wow he's james 90 i can't believe it but he's got the perfect voice he's six two so and he looks strong and he always played strong people in movies right Seven yes decades. i noticed that one of the most distinguished men he's so versatile and his, uh, it says he married, uh, and listen, does he have any children? Mm-hmm. One. Flynn Earl. He only has one son, Flynn Earl Jones. Yeah. Interesting. Now, he something about the Lion King. So I guess he was a voice in that. It says movies filled of dreams, Lion King coming to America. He played uh, Eddie Murphy's father. And I remember that. I love Eddie Murphy. Oh, my God. But James Earl Jones is the perfect voice for robotics and cloning AI. So James Earl Jones, the speaking man, uh, he would be the perfect man's voice. I don't know, but see this. Did you know that he he had stuttering problems? No way. Are you kidding? Yes, he did. Yeah. Really. Well, tell because us, one of my on? friends, who is now an author, um, she had the same type of stuttering, and she calls it um, Isaiah or something. And she was motivated by him. We never knew. I never knew she had a speech impairment. Never knew it. She was a big-time dancer at school, and, you know. Well, you look at his 
skin. He's got very good skin too. Yes, he's There's got great skin. And I, I never knew it. And he, she said, she, he's the reason why she took lessons so someone helped her with her speech. And um, she said she was impacted by, you know, reading his work and what he's done, knowing that he stuttered. Well, he's got perfect skin, folks. Look at his face. But look when he was younger, too. He had such gorgeous skin. But Some people are born with it, though. Sometimes yeah, you're born with certain gifts, you know. And if yeah, you have great so genes, perfect. sometimes it's, it stays with you. Yeah. Now, he had read the Bible. It said, James, it reads the Bible. I can't imagine that. I'd like to go find that. Uh, we love our stories, folks, and we love our people. But how we're cloning in cyberspace culture now, it seems to be the men with the money are making their women, their dream women, into AI. So uh, now Dancing with the Stars, September 2nd. Oh, my God, did I miss it? Did I miss it? That, that was the other day. Monday, no, premiere Monday, September 20th. Okay, good, on ABC. So let's be ABC followers uh, because of we want to see the girl clone dancing with the stars head lady. What did you say her name was? Tara Bank. Tyra. Yes, Tara right? Bank. Tyra Banks is the host. Lynn Goodman is the judge. Bruno Tonioli, judge. He's a cute little Italian boy. Good looking. They're all good looking. Carrie Ananaba, Inaba, I-N-A-B-A, and Derek Howe, H-O-U-G-H. Derek used to be one of the first dancers with his sister, but he started in Salt Lake City, Utah, 11. I wonder if he's a Mormon. He moved to London and trained top dance. Celebrity Dancing with the Stars. I don't know how we got off on from AI cloning to uh, Tyra Banks and these stars. But anyway, she's got beautiful skin, and so does James Earl Jones. And so I would like to be a six-foot James Earl Jones man and a female Tyra Banks. So that's me cloning. But you won't come up with anybody. So No, I can't on. think you of anyone right now. I can't. I just don't. Can't think of you anyone. Can't think of any one woman that you would like to be. What about a man? Oh, guess who's coming on the stars? Bachelor in Paradise. Are you kidding me? Is he going to say he's back on the screens? Grocery store Joe. Oh, is on Bachelor in Paradise. Okay, I'll, I'll watch that on ABC. But I thought maybe he was coming back, but I guess he's already been on. But I can't wait to see who all the stars are. But anyway, off of television, back on. Cyberspace Culture Club cloning chat. Who would you want to be, folks, if you could be cloned? If they're going to, if Elon Musk is plugging our brains, saying they can download who we are, our database, download our brains into a new AI that they're cloning over in Hong Kong anyway. Does it say America has any AI? Because I know that they were making a lookalike of. Philip K. Dick, my famous author, my most famous author forever. And Tessa Dick comes on our show, or used to. Tessa was married to Philip K. Dick. But let's look. Look up Philip K. initial. It's P-I-L-L-I-P K. Dick. I want you to know about him because he's my fam- favorite author. 
because he wrote Blade Runner Minority Report Adjustment Bureau. He was born December 16th, 1928. Born the Does that make him a Sag or a Capricorn? Sagittarius. Uh, he was born in 16th. He's a Sagittarius. All right. Philip K. Dick. Now, is the Wikipedia what it used to be? Not as much. It's not as good as it used to be. Not as much. You know, it's changed. The format. The, um, it's not the same as it used to be. Well, nothing's as good as it used to be, folks, because now everybody's so all over the place and there's so much knowledge out there. We're not giving any one thing including me. I can't give all my domains and my blogs or my magazines the attention. I'm having to start all over, and I don't have the time. I can hardly keep up one, but I've got like 35. I've got to really trim it down. Me and my girlfriend went from 75 to 100 blog domains to down to like 35 each, and now we can't even do five. And everybody's going to just pick five main topics that you're interested in. Now, Google will let you have 10 names, and so I think Microsoft, they've all learned, and we've averaged out. Like the average price everybody should spend is 50 bucks a month on a phone service to run your life. But we don't want to spend any more than that, but that's 45 to 50 with tax, right? Philip K. Dick, Philip Kindred. I wondered what the K was for, but that's strange. Philip Kindred Dick. December 16th in Chicago, and then he moved to Santa Ana where he died at age 53, way too young. But he was in fiction, pulp fiction, galaxy science fiction, and science fiction. And then he became, uh, he had paranormal experiences. He wrote uh, 44 novels. Wow. And about 121 short stories. Oh, wow. What a man. That I would love. I I love short stories. It's just fun reading. Well, Philip K. Dick, he was a reader too, but he was quite the man, more so well appraised in Europe. But he had the android's dream of electric sheep based on uh, Blade Runner was about what we're talking about, clones. Okay, it was a screenplay too, but in 1982, he wrote Blade Runner, and it was from uh, 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 his 1968 novel, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? And it was directed by Ridley Scott and Harrison Ford, the famous Indiana Jones player, okay? So it was before Scott took the helm, Deck extremely critical of all his own versions of what he was doing. Now, Total Recall, if you've seen the movie, if you haven't, please see it, where it was based on the short story, Can You Remember It, it For You Wholesale, and Confessions, Young Barho, uh, titled Barho, B-A-R-J-O, but Screamers, uh, Minority Report in 2002, with uh, Steven Spielberg did it with Tom Cruise. It was really good. Minority Report is like a cult. We just follow that like we do uh, Matrix. So Minority Report is a cult fiction type of movie we love with of Steven Spielberg's with Tom Cruise in it. So see Minority Report or pull it up on Netflix if you can. Paycheck with uh, Ben Affleck. Everybody loves Ben Affleck. A Scanner mm-hmm. Darkly. 
was uh, 2006 with Keanu Reeves. Now, Keanu is a famous actor that was in Matrix. So it had Robert Downey Jr. and Winona Ryder in A Scanner Darkly. Next, I uh, had Nicolas Cage, NEXT, uh, based on the story of the Golden Man. And uh, now I didn't see this one. It's called Radio Free Albemuth 2010 by John Allen Simon on a Radio Free album. It's Total Recall, of course, is my ultra favorite. Uh, but now they had it again in 2012. I haven't seen that one. It's a remake with Colin Farrell, but it's still based on the original Total Recall. And then Blade Runner 2049, they redid Blade Runner. The second ones never do as good as the first ones. I don't know why. I guess because it came and it changed our reality. But that's how powerful movies are in writers. Philip K. Dick in science fiction changed who we are, changed our reality. And Blade Runner 2049 was directed by Dennis Villanueva and starring Ryan Gosling and Harrison Ford again, a sequel of the 1982 Blade Runner. So I guess Harrison Ford getting up in years. Unfortunately, we all get old and we should appreciate our elders. Now, in television, they adapted The Man in the High Castle on BBC. And I know Tessa came on my radio show talking about Man in the High Castle. I remember Tessa was like his last wife before he died, I think, because he's married three or four or five times. So Tessa became a radio show host and a radio show personality. Now, Philip K. Dick uh, had a 10-party anthology in May 2016 uh, where they titled it Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams, and it was distributed by Sony Pictures Television, and it premiered on Channel 4 in an Amazon video. So I'll have to look that up with Ronald Moore and Michael Dinner. Stage and radio. So Michael K. Dick. Wait, no, Richard K. Dick. What did I say? What did I say? Philip K. Dick. Oh, my God. Philip, I, I have trouble with his first name. I was married to Philip once, <laughs> but Philip. So uh, anyway, music and all that. But Harrison Ford would make a good-looking AI. But Philip K. Dick, for the reason he's on the cloning show, not only does, is he my most famous author forever that made all the best Adjustment Bureau, Minority Report, and all that, the best movies, Total Recall. I loved his mind, but he has become a clone, Melinda. So see if you can find anything on Philip K. Dick clone or AI. Flip because they, yeah, I, mean, I don't know clone or AI or AI robot. Philip. Uh, okay, it K. says here. keep clone or AI. AI, what, robot? And to keep humans robot. in a people zoo. What? <laughs> Sci-fi author's robotic clone plans to keep humans in a people zoo. When PBS oh, no. reporters ask this artificially intelligent machine about the future, its answer shocks them. <laughs> oh, have mercy. <laughs> Robots have uh, taken over yet, but they're already issuing lighthearted threats of what's to come. Philip K. Dick, 
was the celebrated science fiction writer, perhaps best known for writing a story that was adapted into Blade Runner. Though he died in 1982, a version of him lived on in artificially intelligent robotic form since 2005. Thanks to the efforts of a company called Hanson Robotics. Hanson Robotics built a robotic replica of Dick that accurate not only in physical appearance, but also in its store of Dick's original words that it might use in conversation. In a resurfaced clip of the robot from a 2011 episode of NOVA, reporters visiting Hanson Robotic asked the android a question about the often hypothesized machine uprising that some expect will take place in the not-too-distant future. The robot's human-like conversational response sounds like it was taken from the pages of, well, A, a Philip K. Dick novel. So, yeah. Well, they're saying they're using it now with COVID-19. I found, uh, while you were talking, I found counterfeit fake Philip K. Dick on COVID-19 and the nature of reality, June 21st, 2020, by Ben Goetzel, Goetzel on Singularity.net. says, on Singularity.net, N-E-T, our AI team, perpetually over-busy, with a very different subjects, applied commercial customers to R&D aimed at AGI, solving medical, biomedical problems. So they turned to some fun, and they've been quite interested in working with friends at Hanson Robotics, which you just talked about, and they put them with OpenCog AGI engine and deep neural language models in practical and variable, valuable applications. So they put it with a web summit at uh, uh, David Hansen. He said he talked with Sophia, which that's the one that got is uh, Sophia is the one that has a national origin. At, I think it's Israel that uh, or some country S O P H I A. Find out what country she is uh, a robot of the first. She has a national origin. She became a citizen of a country, S-O-P-H-I-A. Now, they put Philip K. Dick talking. I will. Okay. So, well, that, that must be your husband, right? you got a few more minutes, 30 more minutes? Yeah. So, let's see. Okay, last year, this web summit gave a talk with Sophia, one of Dick's much older robots, a simulacrum of the great SF writer Philip K. Dick. Our mutual enthusiasm for Philip K. Dick's writings was one of the things that originally brought David into research to do this work. Oh, my God. What's David's name? Let's see. doesn't say. Let's see, David. This is David. Hanson Robotics. Is it David Hanson? 
David, uh, let me see. Uh, look up. Sophia uh, is the one that is now a citizen of a country. Good lands. Hold on. Okay. I'm on the. I'm on the radio, on Wednesday's radio. I'm on radio, 30 more minutes. Oh, I was going to put your laundry out. Uh, well, not right now. Okay. okay. All right. Come on, Coco. Come on. Come on. I'm on the radio, so you, okay. <laughs> it's okay. You know? Okay. All right. Sorry, folks. Listening to the audience, uh, he is uh, my next-door neighbor. He's moving, but he, want, he is using my dryer, so he's got to wait 30 more minutes. <laughs> he's just a... Young little boy moving. He's not really that young. He's 29. Okay, so back to phoning and Philip K. Dick and Sophia. Ah, deep fake Simulacrum and Sophia. But I want to know what country they made her a citizen of a country. She's a AI robot. S O P H I A. S O. A robot, I don't know if that's what they call her, uh, citizenship. Here it is, Sophia Robot Citizenship. Oh, yeah. It is a social humanoid robot developed by a Hong Kong-based company, uh, Hanson Robotics. Sophia was activated on February 14, 2016. She's a member wow. of Saudi Arabia. She was given citizenship. So don't tell me we're not into cloning, folks. She is a cloned robot. She's the first robot citizen of Saudi Arabia. She is a legal first oh. robot. She's a citizen of this world. <laughs> what do you think That's of insane. that? That's insane. <laughs> I, I, so you <laughs> Oh my god This is crazy stuff folks And our she looks real Doesn't she, she look real They make the features look like a woman Look at the face I wish they'd give her some hair She's a bald woman and, Yeah but uh, I'm not worried about that You could always put a hair piece on But the face looks like a human being yeah, they've given her emotions. They're trying to teach them emotions, too. She's a robot citizen on 25 October 2017. So, wow, folks. Except all cookies of cyberspace culture about should robots be citizens? Oh, my God. Women who rule the web. Women, the first robot to own a passport. She actually has a passport as a citizen to go from country to country. I don't even have a passport. I did have, but I had to give it up because I wasn't in the government anymore. But she is so advanced. Well, I'm, I'm a government citizen. I could get a blue one, you know. But she's so advanced, lifelike, that in 2017... So now her body is still like that, exactly as we saw it, with the, with the, um, the hand and all that, where she's sitting with Tony Robbins. That's how she looks? Yeah, she. Well, they make her more look, more look, looking like a human completely. Well, they call her Sophia, but they actually modeled her. So David, we were talking about, is David Hansen's wife, but it says on the actress Audrey Hepburn. So Sophia is a mixture 
of actress Audrey Hepburn, the most beautiful, glamorous mm-hmm. woman that we were growing up, like the pretty woman. Right, Audrey, Audrey Hepburn, they used her look. And her, his husband, uh, her David Hansen is the creator, and his wife had incredible okay. human likeness. So, uh, said unless you see the back of his skull, they haven't. They they need to put her some silicone, I guess, on the back of her skull. But uh, they're working on Hansen Robotics. So remember, David Hansen is the name, uh, and that says. Is it perhaps designed the infamous threat to destroy humans? So according to the UNDP, I don't know what that is, so look that up. UNDP experts. I don't know what UNDP is, but they say artificial intelligence, such as Sophia, is marking the fourth industrial revolution of technology to solve development. But they're going on to say in partnership, Sophia is a powerful message for innovation and technology to improve lives, protect the planet, ensure that we live no what? And to ensure that we leave no one behind. What does that mean? We're not we're not robots. Alongside her work, she's found the status as a cultural icon. And a milestone in journey, becoming a person. She was the first non-human. She owns a credit card and a passport. Oh, my God. So they're giving her human rights as a human. What do you folks think of that out here in cyberspace culture? So you need to know that. It's been out there for years, since 2017. It's not new. It's been handled in movies and, according to BBC, broadcast. Uh, business or business BBC British Broadcast Corp, I guess, boosting productivity and an economic growth around the internet. So apparently she's becoming a big central part of uh, Europe's economy. The perfect ambassador for Saudi Arabia. Wow. So I guess now she's collecting Saudi Arabia because that's where we have so many multi-billionaire oil men, right? Considering they don't like women, or they they poo-poo women over there, or they keep them in that antiquated, ancient journey and spiritual quest among world religions, uh, among the gods, right, which we started with the El gods, right, El, uh, and the Rielism of how we believe in space and robots, I guess, also come from space. Now, there is an illusion, delusion, uh, information, disinformation, and information in press, but in research as well, and the oversight in R&D as to, so if humans came from out in space, so did robots, because we are creating them with the intelligence that we gather from being a higher intelligence species, being the geniuses they talk about, having digital identities. And that we celebrate not just art, culture, science, technology, engineering, and math, but history as well of who we are and that we came from space. We came from the infamous universes, not just this universe, but one that takes wormholes to get to and from in space and the many places in space and dimensions and realms. So as we grow our quantum cyber space culture, 
uh, in the expanse and the universes in our radio, television shows, movies, as we examine and study uh, who we are and our digital identities in art and culture and society, we're sharing as teachers and educators that we're all talking about cloning ourselves and putting who we are so we can live immortally in cyberspace as clones, artificial intelligence. So what do you guys think of that? It's already happening on this planet. Not to mention all the AIs that people are being married to or making them citizens. So, wow. (laughs) Designing a better us, a model citizen. Uh, I guess they will stay in their place, but women that are powerful, because think about, I bet she can pack a punch because she's robotic. So she's going to have power, superpowers, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's insane that they know how to do that. I have no words for that. It's really, really interesting. <laughs> Well, our personalities, folks. Uh, so right now clones. she's able to travel, go to one location to the next, go from another country to another country. Citizen of Saudi Arabia, and she has a passport. Wow. So she has a passport, passport, a credit card. Yeah, she's a known person. She is Sophia. I'm, they haven't given her a last so name. So what does she do for a living? Up. I don't. Well, she goes where she's a spokesperson for Internet in Saudi Arabia. Oh, That's wow. her job. David Hansen, I guess. Let's see. Sophia was modeled because David Hansen is her creator after Aubrey Hansen and, ooh, Aubrey Hepburn and his wife. You know, I wonder what his wife thinks of that. I guess she's flattered, right? But we don't know. I, I would so hope so. Voices magazine thing with the British Council. Let's look up catfishing. We've only got 20 minutes left. So let's talk about people catfishing each other. If you haven't seen Circle, it's a game on TV. I think it's on Netflix, but I've been watching just recently uh, the Circle. But let's look up catfishing because that is part of cyberspace culture, and you hear it on reality. It's the term for a person who pretends to be someone else online. And there is a show called Catfish. Um, Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen that show with two men, and it's become part of our cyberspace culture now. Catfishing signs your online friend is not real. Right. You, You play somebody else. You play another person's role. Uh, it says the Cyber Smile Foundation has the effects of catfishing uh, has become a real thing. The Cyberspace F- Smile fa- uh, says that catfishing is when someone uses images and information to often taken from real people in social media. So we don't know who's being us to create a new online so identity. Catfishing is a deceptive activity where a person creates a fictional persona or fake identity on a social networking service. You know, so, men can be women. There's some porn That happened on one of, the, one of the, the, the social media uh, shows, uh, 90 Day Fiance, a girl named Jenny and her husband-to-be submit. Um, he catfished her. He did the exact thing. 
he basically pretended to be someone else online, and then he changed and revealed himself to her, you know? So you can get in trouble for this. Says it gained notoriety in 2010 on a documentary titled Catfish. When catfishing went uh, was recognized and became a term in 2012 after the MTV's presentation series called Catfish. Now, I don't know, but I'll cite this source is cybersmile.org. Okay, let me see who we are, but they're talking about catfishing. So it pertains to our show today, folks, is who we cite. If you wonder why some things get on our show, or we talk about different things, but we'll try to cite sources from time to time. But you know we're using Wikipedia as cyberspace. It says uh, it's a multi-award nonprofit committed to digital well-being and tackling all forms of bullying and abuse online. Well, Melinda and I are about educational church, world religions, and cyberspace culture. So our mission is educational church, putting out you know community and uh, how we're connected to the world too. So we're similar in that of their model for basing their primary pillars on awareness, education, and support. So I guess we're similar. We're like, we should be in alliance with them, but I don't know if they do alliances. But anyway, we're building our own, uh, ours is called Ascension Cosmos Oracles, ACO. I always use ACO for our Allied Command organization, our Ascension Church organization, Ascension Center organization. And we were started around our psychics, mediums, mystics, oracles, psychic sages, seers groups. And our UFO, ET, ufology, alienology groups, ergo, now we have cyberspace culture cloning and AI and how we can help better assist and self-help you becoming a better woman at home on Wednesdays, working from home and learning what all's out there in cyberspace culture that we have to deal with now, not just who we are at home in real life, but how people are making identities of themselves and we're being cloned, whether we know it or not. Maybe in other universes, maybe that's the whole spooky at a distance mystery that Einstein couldn't relate to, but he knew it existed. So we all know that's true in quantum physics now, that where there's one, there's another. And the only difference is when someone perceives it is the power of three. So you need to think about your clone out there, artificial intelligence somewhere in the universe is got your exact RNA DNA. Is it a clone or is it really you? Or is it an immortal soul being, your oversoul? Is that really you up there and you just come down here as a spirit and act out your avatar, right? And maybe your avatar wants to play other people so they catfish other people. Why do people catfish other people? Now, does it say uh, on there because that TV show? They say I, I really think that people think that they won't get caught. That goes along with this uh, just catfishing someone because you know you pretend you make a, it's, it's basically um, you're trying to you have a goal you have an intention okay and your intention is probably not to let people know who you are. 
So you're going with a, a name that's not your name, okay, a fake name, fake alias, whatever you want to call it. You go on and people talk to you, and you act like you're that person you're perpetrating, but you're really not that person. And they think that they probably won't get caught. So a lot um, of people use scam their friends, especially teenage bullying that they found out, and they also use it in vice techniques of men that do bad things to children or, or porno people, weird people that look at weird pictures. They'll go in and be women, and then they get caught in a sting. You see those TV shows on uh, occasionally on some TV or detective reality show where they do sting operations and catch people trying mm-hmm. to say the uh, younger guys, and it turns out to be some older guy. Yeah, they do that, the sting operations, the catfish. Sometimes people do that, um, yeah, you know, so. For different techniques or different ways to catch people. But apparently mm-hmm. on that show, Catfish, it was mostly young people that had emotional issues, real fat, they didn't fit into the normal social media because social media is usually all about being pretty and putting your best foot forward, your best. It's not really a, uh, we've, we've discovered psychologically that we all tend to put our best photos, our best videos or how we want the world to see us at our best. You know, we don't put our pictures of us getting up in the morning, not brushing our teeth and looking yucky. At least most of us don't. So, but the you know kids would bully each other at school, and some of them started lurking other people to see what they'd say behind their back if they thought they were a pretty girl or a nice looking boy, or even gay boys with gay boys, or you know lesbian girls with lesbian girls. It didn't matter what their ethnicity or their creed or their you know ethnic origin or what. Religion, it, it all boils down to people trying to find out information or the other one was making them feel better to see if their friend or somebody, they'd, they'd, they'd want to talk. A lot of them are the Lonely Hearts Club people, you know. Yeah, socially. that's the group that's by themselves, really, like, isolated, you know. Like you just mentioned, the gays and the lesbian, the different groups that are, you know, and some people... For some reason, this show tackles a lot of uh, stuff with this. This show deal, did deal with um, this issue. So, of course, folks, a catfish in the Mississippi River or something, you know, those are catfish. But it says the process of lurking or luring someone into a relationship by means mm-hmm. of a fictional online persona Exactly. It's like a system of catfishing. So it's completely fake. So you're let in and learn in and thinking that, oh, this is such and such. It really isn't. That person is pretending 100%. And their intention is not to um, tell you or reveal. They want to use photos, images to, sh- to continue that persona. So they're not interested in telling you the truth. Now, folks, they're they're deceptive because they can also take your money. So not only in social networking services do you have to be aware. They never want to show their face. 
And, and from you, what I've okay. learned on the shows that show catfish, they never want to show their face. And if they ever seem serious but strictly want to keep to written communication, social media use is sparse. Having a social media account these days doesn't guarantee. You know, so they ask for money. Anyone now and then needs a helping hand, but typically it should be from a close family member. So if somebody starts, just start asking money out of weirdness, and, you know, um, they're just acting out of the ordinary. They ask for money, you know. Um, they just very, they act like they're not re, uh, available all the time, like they're do, doing so much work that, you know. So you, you have to be very. Do that, huh? too. Love affairs, because they'll steal an identity to create this perfect wishful person you think you want to be with and entertain you online, especially men wanting to marry women in America to get a visa. Are women marrying men? It's just uh, they, they, they have fake identities, and you never know who it is. It you know the show 90 Day Fiancé? No. Oh, 90 Day, yeah. That yeah, that show is built up on the platform that people from two different worlds give up everything and is trying to make and prove that they're all about it for the real deal, which is love. Sometimes it's the truth, sometimes it's not. I've seen people get together on that show, and you could tell that he's using her for what she's going to exchange and give him, or et cetera. So, you know, that show, it, it demonstrates it easily. Sometimes it's, it's truly. Okay. 90-day fiancé, huh? Yep. So... Uh- People wanting to come over to America, and it's always thought to be – some of them go back home. They like their South America or their Africa better, but most of the people are trying to get a green card, and that's suspicious. Most Americans that have a good life were privileged in this country, and we know it. Well, we, most of us don't know it, I guess, but anyway, we've got a good life. We work for our, our food, clothing, shelter. We have highways that are great to drive cars. We work hard to get an education and a car and a house and hopefully have a couple of kids and a couple of dogs and maybe a cat, okay? (laughs) But we pay our bills, and we want to have a little for savings, although that's gotten to be almost impossible. But now our regular life in cyberspace culture is reflecting a social media gathering of people in Facebook, Twitter, uh, we call it Instagram, but it's really just forms of Facebook, really. TikTok is a new one for kids to do their little dances and show the teenagers, you know, have different ones. It's getting to be where Facebook's for the old people and their families to post pictures of their families. But I got to go. Oh, okay. It's time for you to go. All right, yeah. well, we'll we can call it, you can call it early today, but thanks for the okay. help. And next week, think of a topic for cyberspace culture, but catfishing was a good one, and so is yes. cloning. So just anything you watch on TV is a good good thing, too. All right, well, all you have okay. to do is Okay, thank you up. for your time. We'll it's a pleasure going. being here on the platform. Thank you. Have okay, a great next night. Week. Next Until week. next week. Thank you, Melinda. Okay, bye-bye. bye-bye. All right. So 
She's got to go. She's limited time, and he's ready for his dinners. <laughs> I know what that's about. She's married, and he came in and said, okay, because uh, it's later there and where she's at, and we all have responsibilities. And her husband is ailing and older and uh, has health issues. So we love Melinda for coming, and this is her third week Wednesday in a row of uh, helping us with cyberspace culture and maybe some of our friends uh, may tune in and help us uh, in the future if you'd like to join our club it's five dollars a month for improving your speech craft of speaking and and we hope you're not a catfish (laughs) i would like you to be who you say you are so if you'd like to join me on TJ Mars ET Radio, an American Communications Online platform, just email me at TJ Mars Agency. That's TJ Morris, M O R R I S Agency, A G E N C Y, at gmail.com. And PayPal me $5 for joining me. PayPal, uh, I think it's PayPalme.com or is it PayPal.me? I think it's PayPal.me forward slash. TJ Morris ET Radio. So we've set it up to be, a, uh, if you want to be on radio and have a uh, platform with us and want to uh, participate in a weekly topic, and we change the topics weekly. But tomorrow I'm going to have uh, UFO Association is our topic of the day. Uh, and I just said women could come on Wednesdays, men could come on Thursdays, but I've got to create tomorrow for UFO Association. And uh, Richard T. Knight helps me with uh, running the ACO Club uh, as the honorary president. He's supposed to help us uh, evoke people and promote people because I've had people for years on here, but we didn't grow our clubs or try to tell people they could come on and be on our show so since we pay 40 a month, uh, and I've always paid it for nine years, I decided to run it as a club and let other people participate uh, if they want to pay their dues. So it's $5, and you can be on one of the shows during the month and participate in a talk. And I haven't had a lot of people barrage me yet because I haven't put it out that way. So I guess a lot of it's how you portray yourself and what you project as your products and services to people. And in the past, I really promoted a lot of different psychics because I like to do readings and other people I would attract to myself were other readers that wanted to come on. So uh, tomorrow, I know Ben Pelham wants to come back. He's 84 years old, but he, he wants to talk a little bit. He feels like he's got something to say about UFOs. So Richard's going to help me with him and Ben Pelham. So I'll put an invite to be Pelham at gmail.com and RT night 35 for tomorrow's show. And so blog talk allows us to invite people into our studio as guests. And uh, I found him on uh, speaking on uh, LinkedIn, which we use business to business and business to customer. And R.T. Knight uh, responded to me on LinkedIn, uh, business to business. And uh, so if you would like to join us, just give us your $5 a month to help pay our overhead because that's where it goes. 
And uh, tomorrow is UFO Association. I'm making it right now as I speak to you (laughs) because it offers me a screen to do such, and it always asks you when you end your show, which I've been doing nine years now, if I would like to continue uh, doing such thing. And, uh, of course, I would. So I'm going to speak about uh, UFOs and uh, how they affect us and uh, people in the UFO business, UFO Association, tomorrow if you're interested. And uh, me as a UAP associate, that's what I was offered by WordPress, UAP Associates. Uh, and I am Teresa J. Morris, uh, the director, original founder, and uh, founder director. And I invite all of you to join us if you'd like. So uh, join us, and I will put Richard T. Knight and uh, Ben Pelham with me for tomorrow's show uh, because I know they'll both show up and help me uh, discuss what topics we will have in ufology, and we're going to celebrate alienology and cosmology uh, and phenomenology, and uh, then we'll get into uh, words and how the future uh, is relying on us to keep this as a topic, as a topic in history uh, for all of us on the planet on the planet and we will discuss i'll put universal uh life teachings and uh how we uh project world religions and how uh the gods and angels uh i think would be good and folks you can help us in cyberspace if you want tell us topics you want to hear about and uh, UFOs come and go uh, from this planet, okay, because they do. And uh, for a while, it was uh, thought it's best if we didn't tell people <laughs> like we were dumb. And we said they were uh, weather balloons, and uh, that's not the case. There, of course, were weather balloons, but that wasn't the material that Jesse Marcel was holding in his hand. Well, it was actually – what they made him swap to because they came up with this uh, story uh, and cut up some weather balloon material, told him to hold that. And we know that from his own testimony. But uh, it really was aliens uh, from another place in space. And uh, many of us that have studied ufology know this. And we are dedicated to sharing each other's information. And we have experiencers. And we have people that just know and study. But I've seen UFOs in space. And my children have. And I've written books about it. And I'm still writing books. And I also do Men in Black and uh, Intelligence uh, and uh, how we offer uh, information about UFOs and people that study them, ufologists and uh, alienologists study uh, aliens and uh, alienologists. And at one time, just so you know, they said Ashtar Command 
was a psyop started by the Central Intelligence Agency. So I want to hear your history and your research on that and Raelian movement and the belief of UFOs. And uh, come back and tell me all about it. And uh, we'll put you on the show if you would like to share your information on Thursdays about ufology, alienology, phenomenology, uh, cosmology, right, and how all of that goes together. That will be for our UFO Association show tomorrow, and uh, I've created that episode for tomorrow, and I'm looking forward to talking to all of you. That's 5 o'clock Eastern, 4 Central, 3 Mountain, and 2 Pacific. So thank you, everybody. Uh, my daughter just arrived, Angela Cook, and I um, want to visit with her. So ta-ta for now. We'll see you tomorrow.